Hello and welcome. I am Caleb Ferris. I'm Candy Parker. And I'm Greg Osborne. And this is Action Surge, a podcast where hungover heroes and depressed demons alike can listen to us sages give shitty opinions on all things D&D. Each week we will discuss different aspects of D&D from character creation and world development to the ridiculous antics we have gotten away with in our own campaigns. Welcome back, everybody, to Action Surge. This week, we're going to be talking about how to take your DMing to the next level. Uh, we'll talk about things like memorable BBEGs, uh, moral grays, props, um, and should you tell your player characters the inner secrets of your games? Uh, and then lastly, we'll probably round out with maybe uh, things to avoid, like toxic DM behavior. Yeah. So... Okay, uh, so let's uh, let's start off, start off with memorable BBEGs. Um, I think for me, uh, when I run games and I have my BBEG, what I like to do is make him either super likable or a big jerk <laughs> right out right out the gate. Um, either like, yeah, makes he's making some sense or just an asshole. <laughs> well, so, you know, if, if you think to uh, other media, you know, one, one thing that I think D and D kind of falls into is it's very easy to have the bad guy's motivation is, well, he's evil. You know, Oh, he's, he's, oh, yes. he's, evil. he's, <laughs> Oh yes. Well, he's, he, Air quotes, evil, heavy, um, heavy quotation. But you know, if you, evil. but if you think of, if you think about, you know, the the bad guy in in media, you, know, you think about like, uh, oh, the, 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 the evil CEO, the or, evil CEO. Well, I'm, you know, I'm thinking specifically, like, you know, in the Avengers, you've got Ultron, who has, you know, he's got an agenda. He he, his agenda to him, it makes sense, is that, you know, humanity is broken fundamentally broken mm -hmm. and he just needs to wipe it clean and start off with an entire world of ultrons that's you know it doesn't it makes sense you know from a narrative position and even as a player you might you might even say you know oh i i don't want that mm -hmm. but i get it yeah you know um thanos uh in in the mcu you know he he had a pretty good mission statement. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are only so many resources. Well, he's not wrong. Yeah. You know, just the way that he decided to go about it is super heavy handed and, you know, awful for the survivors mm. and awful for the people that didn't survive. Yeah. And, you know, narcissistic, sociopathic. Well, I also, I also love a good rise and fall and potential like redemption, honestly, of the big bad. I mean, think Same. like, I mean, think Darth Vader. It's just like you—you you have this in the original series, in their original trilogy. It's just like this bad guy, and you don't know why he's bad. Then you find out, oh, he's the dad, and then he—you know—you kill him. But then you also figure he kind of redeems himself. But then you get to the 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 prequels, and you get to watch him rise and fall again, and you're like, oh. It's it's deeper than I thought. It's it and like you can do that with your D and D storytelling too. You can present like this character has had noble intentions at first. They were just trying to you know make the world better. They thought what they were doing is better. They thought the god was true. They 
so yeah, I mean, there are like multiple ways you can make a dynamic BBEG and create like, in, in, and make your players question whether or not they're good or bad. And that like, is this, is this evil? Or are they misguided or were they misdirected? Did something ha- like, how did they fall? And what so, changed? I think that's super important. I think that, you know, I think people intuit that when you're making your own player character that you have this backstory and you try to fill that in and flesh it out. Mm-hmm. Why? What are my motivations? Why am I adventuring? Why am I doing the things that I do? Yeah. But as a dungeon master, the BBEG is kind of your your main player character. Yeah. Uh, it, so you, you, you need a backstory for that guy or lady or non-binary entity. Evil, yeah. Yeah. And and you know, just uh, you can go the lazy route I suppose and just be like, well, is he's evil. He's an undead evil thing. Yeah, he's what? an aberration. He's a, he's a genocidal maniac. Uh roll initiative. Right. Uh, yeah. He's Mephistopheles's firstborn son. Uh So he's evil, initiative. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that like that makes us a, a more fun and in like dynamic game if your players have to question themselves a little bit if they're like wait can i change them do i have to kill them do i and that, that do kind i of need up, to do that that yeah. brings up moral grays yeah. i just i love moral grays and i personally love moral you don't have to have them in your game obviously but i love moral grays mm-hmm. in my games because i feel like that adds kind of that depth well yeah uh, it adds a, a realistic human element to it sure of right, right and wrong, good and bad are all depending completely upon culture, how you've been raised, where you are, the time and moment, and right. yeah, and and sure, there's something satisfying with being like, oh, that spiked demon is evil. I stab him. Sure, right, but there's also something to be said of of like, oh, should I actually be involved with the with the you know hundreds of years long conflict between these two nations should i tell these people they don't have a right to rule over this land they consider part of their empire do i like do i kill this soldier who's just here to make money (laughs) (laughs) like do like what am i doing yeah which oftentimes you go eh, (laughs) cut through anyways but it's it's fun to give your character depth i mean it's fun to say Maybe I shouldn't do this. Well, because and this is an interactive storytelling game, you know, it, it gives something for the players to bounce off of. Yeah. Right? I mean, if if you're presenting the bad guy as monolithic evil and that's that's it, that's their motivation, the monolithic evil, well, that really kind of backs your player characters into literally one response. Yeah. You know, there's only one thing you do with monolithic evil. You got to kill monolithic evil. Yeah. But, but you know, if, if this monolithic evil is like, you know, no look, you know, I'm sorry, you guys are terrible for the environment. Yeah. You got to go. Or is even a force you, you just simply can't deal with like an entire empire. Also true. It's just like, it's like, sure. You kill the head of that empire. We'll we'll be replaced with the next emperor. It's just like, it's like, how do you bring down an entire nation? Even as, even as level 20 adventurers, that's a daunting thing to do. As much as people want to say, well, oh, twenty adventures are, are, you know, the equivalent of, you know, a whole legion of soldiers. It's like, it's like, uh, it's still, it still takes a lot more to topple an entire organization. Uh, yeah. Like that, that, that is a, that is a robust bureaucratic, uh, like, like a uh, country. <laughs> the Romans took over the British empire a long time ago. 
and rose and fell and the British are still doing their British things. I mean, it's yeah. not, it's dynamic. It, it moves on. There's, but yeah. um, unless you're going to commit actual genocide yourself and then who's the real monster, but unless you're going to do actual genocide yourself, um, there's, it's very difficult to yeah. kind of espouse these kind of yeah. global political changes. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So do you guys tend towards, um, more human esque, like BBEGs, or is it kind of like a big monster? Uh, I do more humanistic BBEGs, definitely, because it represents. I mean, whenever you have human versus human conflict, it, it it's delicious in the way of it's. It ultimately it's you fighting yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I think it was I think it was Haida, the uh, the German philosopher who said that you cannot know yourself without knowing the other. And that is you. That is like literally the essence. The very fact that you exist makes me understand myself. Just that, and I believe that's beautiful. And I believe that's important to making D and D not only you know thera- like therapeutic and fun, but also a teaching, a didactic yeah. tool. I'm, I'm sure he, that he did have D and D in mind when he was saying that. Absolutely, <laughs> everybody heard it here. Everybody, you heard it here, folks. Ida <laughs> created Dungeons and Dragons. To better understand the human condition, not. not Gary Gygax. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so that's uh, at Caleb. <laughs> uh, yeah, please at him, not us. We did not say that. Come Gary Gygax. Please do not come for us. Was this at the coast? Please do not come for us. We were uh, not a part of this. <laughs> we, we, we were really good up until this episode. Yeah. The TSR uh, hit teams come crashing yeah. through the windows. <laughs> He knows too much. <laughs> he is correct. <laughs> uh, they put us in unmarked vans. You never see me again because I told the world the truth. So, what are, what other ways? What what ways have you seen, uh, Candy? What what have you seen in BBEGs that you've played with that have made them memorable to you? Um, or that, or that, how DMs have used them, or like, because this is I'm still an episode, about right? About DMs, yes. yeah. Absolutely. So I think that I I love the the human element to it. I love it when instead of instead of just killing everybody, they try to reason with them and or like say like. Mm, maybe maybe what you know is wrong and what i know is right and that maybe you should join my team or like and i also like the the battles along the way that like you you fight them and maybe you you're not strong enough to defeat them and they leave and they mock you and they say you suck go away and then and then later on you come back and fight them and then there's a redemption there um but i i like the human the human aspect to it i like having a personal reason to fight something that like i'm not just killing something caleb have you ever played in a game where the bad guy has talked the pcs into switching teams man no but i tried to do that with you guys in the <laughs> whenever 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 like it was like the day of the election in the city and julian showed up with his goons and was like thwarting the election and was simply like approached you guys and was like hey you guys are married are very money oriented. I looked you guys up. I have contacts. I know exactly what you do. Here's 15,000 coin to just fucking leave the city. And you just straight up went, I shoot him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) So, so in my defense, the, and my recollection is that he offered us a bunch of coin, but then threatened me. (laughs) And, and because rolled is such a scaredy cat, his thought was, 
if I take this gold, he's still going to come for me. Yeah. He's because we, we had already sent him on a wild goose chase. He wanted an artifact that one of our players had. Um, and I was like, this isn't, this isn't going to stop. Yeah. This isn't going to stop here. This dude crazy. And, and now he knows my real name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. 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 The, which uh, in retrospect, that might have been the quote unquote threat. <laughs> yeah. That might have been, that was like, I was like, I don't remember him saying, I'm going to kill you. I think he just said, Hey, you guys are kind of problematic. Here's $15,000. Get the hell out of the city. Yeah. And- in, in my mind, I was like, no, you stole my dagger. I want it back. I will kill you. <laughs> Uh, it was yeah. a good time, but that otherwise I've had no experience like that where the DBEGs has been like, "Come to me, be a part of my army," <laughs> and the pieces are like, "Yeah, cool, okay." They're, they're, like, they're, like, they're like, "You know what? Black is my color." <laughs> uh, I have had PCs that have swapped to the dark side. Really? Yeah. How did you deal with that? You killed them all, right? No, oh. no, we just ran with it. It oh. was a great. I had this campaign. This was back in second edition. And they didn't have uh, rules for fighters casting magic. Right. Multiclassing wasn't uh-huh. really a thing then. But I had one of my players come up and say, hey, I really want to play a fighter, but I, I, I want to be able to cast magic. And I was like, well, okay, yes, but here's how it'll work. You, you meet this kind of dark stranger and he's like, I will teach you dark magics. But, you know, if people figure out that you're casting dark magics, they'll kill you. They'll (laughs) they'll persecute you and kill you. I mean, it's just straight up. That's how it's going to work. And so uh, I gave him these spells, but all the spells had these, like, dark, twisted material components. Like, uh, he could cast augury, but to do it, he had to take a living creature and split it open and pull out its entrails Ew. And, 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 you know, from the goop and mess that was dripping, he would gain insight into the future. Sure. And so they ended up on this kind of quest run where they were running around plane to plane trying to find these uh, powerful magical artifacts. And uh, the entire party is standing there and they're like stymied. They can't figure out where to go. And this big burly fighter's like, uh... I have a spell that can help us find it. <laughs> oh no! And they're like, they're like, they're like, okay, wait, you can cast magic. He's like, it's something I don't like to break out. But hey, he's, I, he's, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I need can, you guys all to be really cool about a lot of things, real quick. Basic, basically, yeah. yeah. And so, and so, the first spell he casts is summon monster because he needs something to break to to go through the entrails of mm-hmm. and so he casts some monster so i'm like flipping through the player's handbook i'm like what can he what can he get i'm like oh pixies oh no <laughs> you summon three pixies oh, no. and so he hands two pixies to the ranger oh no it takes one of them and he's just like and i just press my thumbs into it <gasps> oh no <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and you, you had to roll and there's a percent chance that it doesn't work. And on his first one, it didn't work. Oh no. Um, and he's no. like, Hmm. So he chunks the carcass over his shoulders. Hand me that other one. Oh God. And oh, the God. ranger goes here. <laughs> and it was just that fast. A sled trip down. Uh, 
And God, this and, is some Pan's Labyrinth. Stand. Oh yeah, and and you know he's like, yeah, and on that he's like, okay, we have to go north. Yeah, and they're like, all right, great. And then they take the third pixie and they put it in a bag for later. And it was just oh. like, it was just like an immediate heel turn. But they'd been, uh, oh god, this seems really sudden the way I'm telling the story. But I mean, they've been t- kind of taking these little steps towards darkness the entire <sighs> way. But, you know, from that point on, there he is. He's casting blood magic in front of him. He's like, well, I cut my hand open and cast magic missile. And, you know, Jesus. And, uh, you know, it, it, but it was great. That particular <laughs> scene is, you know, forever in my brain. At the DM, you're just like, uh, great game, okay. guys. Uh, <laughs> I need to go take a shower. Because, uh, well, you know, because here, here I am. I'm, well, I, as I'm, a DM, you gave that to him. Oh yeah! Well. Oh yeah! Well, you, you know, you sick little monster. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, it was, it, and it's, it's all those moral grays. I want to, I, I like I mean, seeing where the boundaries are, and so it's very Witcher esque too. I mean, yeah. There's a very similar scene in the new Netflix series Witcher where someone doesn't augury that way. Yeah. So they just split open a guy, and <laughs> they're just like hmm, that way. Right, and and that's. I mean, it, biblical. It's biblical. Sure, you know, you, yeah. They, they would used to do auguries that way on cattle and, and sheep. So, you know, it. again, I will tell everybody, it's okay to steal ideas from other places. Including um, the Bible. Including the Bible, wow. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, you know, but, but with this particular thing, I, I expected the other party members to be like, What? You're casting evil magic. What are you doing? And then maybe have an inter-party conflict. And then, you know, in my head, I'm trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I get him from here to white magic? Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm going to, you know, he's going to see the error of his ways. And we're going to say, nope, nope, nope. All utility, <laughs> baby. <laughs> they just like, we're all in. Okay. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Cool. That's really handy. Like, we're not going to ask any questions. <laughs> right? Not, not like that, but I'm going to hold on to this pixie for you later in case you need it. Yeah. That's crazy. It was great. It was a great campaign. Uh, I don't know how to, like, look at you straight when you say that was a, <laughs> that was a great campaign. And then one of your mechanics is splitting things open to tell, to tell which way it's north. <laughs> not just things. A sentient creature. Oh, uh, I hate it. I hate uh, it so yeah, much. it's the worst. That's awful. It was the worst. Uh, um, right. like, oh, <laughs> so like, let's, <laughs> let's pivot to props. <laughs> so, so DMing, one of the best things you can do is uh, is essentially have literal material components to have people that are interactive. That can go anywhere from an actual map you draw on, from you know going from theater of mind straight to an actual battle map. To having minis that you put on that battle map, to having actual decoded letters you hand to your creature. Like, I, one of the best things I received, like in the world of COVID, one of the best things I received from a DM was a letter from my character's, like, ex wife. Uh, oh, awesome. but, but he sent it to me over text, right? But that was still so very cool because it was like an outside game uh, component. But it was still extra to the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and it just made me so happy. I was like, I was like, holy shit, this is so cool. I feel like I'm a part of the world. Yeah, it was like it wasn't something they had to roll for or something. Nope. It was just like a, it was like your DM's planning things. Yeah, and he's thinking about me. My DM is thinking about oh, me. Yay. <laughs> That's all and we can ask for. It's the, Notice yeah. me, senpai. Right? <laughs> right. It's the extra rewards. You know, I, one of the things I like doing. I, I was talking with you guys about this before the podcast. Is I like to take you know a cookie sheet. 
and put a piece of paper in it and then pour a little coffee over it and let it sit for a while and it soaks in that those kind of coffee tones and it looks like a weathered piece of paper mm-hmm. and then I'll cut the edges a little bit make it ragged burn them a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and then write my note on that and if I'm feeling extra extra I'll take a little lemon juice and I'll write something on the back. You'll national treasure it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very extra. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, as you're playing and here's, here's the thing about it, guys is timing is everything. So if you're going to do that, don't reveal everything in, in that one session, don't hand them the note and then tell them about the, you know, you know, let them decipher it and then have them figure out that they have to apply a little heat to the back of it to get yeah. that lemon to show up. Sure. You know, have that come out three or four sessions down, you know, because I guarantee you one, if you hand them a prop or an artifact like that, they're going to hold on to it. Yeah. I mean, they just, you just do. We're little, little magpies. Yeah. Gamers in general. Yeah. We're really just goblins. Oh yeah. You know, we totally. kill them, but really we just become them. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Total goblins. Greg, Greg, is, Greg is splitting something open and pulling out its interests. <laughs> oh no. Uh, total goblins. But uh, you know, uh, like in our in the last game before the, our current one, uh, the DM brought a uh, a little bag of coins and a ring in it when we were divvying up treasure one night. And I thought, Oh, that's a really clever interactive way to, to include things. And it, I I sat back and I just was, I'm typically very uh, forward front forward playing character and player. And I tend to be right in the forefront. But when that came out, I, I just sat back and I let, because there were, some of the player characters that were typically very, very quiet, mm-hmm. that just jumped all over that and were digging through it, looking at the little rocks. And, you know, I was like, oh, man, I don't want to I don't want to get, get in, in that yeah. in that mix. We've got some good interaction going on here. Um, and it was it was good stuff. Yeah, that's really fun. I mean, even just the introduction of like minis, like, um, you know, if if there's an artistic player or even, I mean, anybody can paint minis. And so like, you know, when someone walks in and they have a tray full of minis that look like your characters, that's so much fun. That's a special freaking moment. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and it's not, it doesn't always have to be at the expense of the DM, you know, it's, it's anybody can contribute to how a game can become a little bit more real. Yeah. Greg was even the dungeon master and he made me my very first mini, which was a mini of my, of my samurai-esque uh, character Yami, uh, it was it was pure metal too, <laughs> like like actual made of metal and looked <laughs> metal with with this with this great awesome just like sea blue samurai armor. And I remember just being absolutely blown away. I was like, why'd you do this? And you, you were just like, it only took me 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, fuck you, Greg. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, oh my God. This took I've, everything to the next level. I've been doing this for a hot minute. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, you know, they, they matter. Little things. Yeah, like little that. things, little artifacts in the game matter. And for sure. Um, Honestly, it doesn't even have to be tangible. Like it can be little secret things that have been given to you in game. That's like someone you know delivers you a note, and you're like, "Ooh, <laughs> I love, I love getting mail." 
Clearly, we're all boring. Uh, I love getting mail. <laughs> don't you love getting mail? I mean, don't people like a handwritten note delivered sure. to your mailbox? Yeah. Like, I don't like that's... getting junk mail, but I love getting mail. Yeah, yeah, like actual mail from another person that had you in mind. Like that's a special thing. And getting that in, in a campaign is is fun and involving and yeah. stuff. This slides into an important thing of of of, of DMs giving their uh, of giving you know trinkets or different secrets, right? I saw this like can, uh, who sent me the the, the TikTok that, about the person who said give your players secrets. That was me. That was Greg. Greg, you, <laughs> very interesting TikTok of this guy who was like who was like give it up. Give away, you know, most, if not all of the secrets of your campaign to your players because they will interact with it better that way. And we had a very short, heated discussion <laughs> in the in the group chat about what, what that means, because I'm very much of the big reveal or the like you uncover a stone and all of a sudden, bam, secret of your backstory or a secret about someone that you that you knew or of the weapon you hold and I, I don't know, and I almost got in a fight with with Candy about it because she was like, "No, give all the secrets away. They are they are everybody's possession." I'm like, "No, they are only mine because I am I am a goblin." That's it's by Tabletop Crow. Yeah, um, he just posted a video basically saying that like share secrets with your with your players, and your players should share secrets with other players because like like out of game because it makes for a more dynamic game and. Right. And, and I, I just, I agree with this. I, you know, and I know Caleb does. I I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) And, and again, no wrong way to play D and D, but man, I, I feel (laughs) (laughs) there's a few bad ways to play. Okay. There's some toxic, there's some toxic. We'll We'll talk talk, about that that in a minute, but yeah, uh, no, I, I just, you know, do you give away all of the big reveals? No, no. If you've got like something that, you know, there's going to be a heel turn. Um, one of your, you know, trusted lieutenants is going to stab the player characters in the back and reveal that he's actually an agent of the big bad evil guy or gal or non-binary Binary entity. Yeah. Um, if if that's if that's a secret, you keep that. You you don't want to reveal that. But giving the players an idea of what world they're playing in, why they're motivated. To do things here are all the Caleb and Candy turned me on to uh, not another D and D podcast. And I, yeah. just, I think that is great, but you know, like everybody in, at the table knows that hard one surefoot, the character uses drugs, you know, but the character is telling everybody, no, I don't do that. But the piece that in the PCs, don't quote unquote know this, but the players all do. Yeah. And so it's, it's 10 times more entertaining when they're like, you know, what you got there, bud. Yeah. Which, <laughs> man, drugs are bad. Aren't they hard one? Uh, yeah, they're the worst. We don't, uh, don't ever do that. Don't yeah. do drugs, kids. Don't do yeah, drugs, kids. I, I'm straight edge. I'm, I'm straight, edge. I'm straight edge. I don't do that. I don't do that. Yeah. I'd be the worst. Yeah, I just do a little hit to help me get to sleep. Little, 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 yeah, and a little bit in the morning, and sometimes in the afternoon to help me uh, continue working. But yeah. other than that, I'm sure it is. Right? Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, but but if the other player characters didn't know that, they couldn't. That dynamic would be missing from the game, and I, I think that that's 
I think that's fun. You know, that's yeah. that's part of the the meta ability of the game. And again, as a den- dungeon master, you're going to have to assess your table. And I think yeah. that's I think that's an important part of gaming is assessing your table. Yeah. Because sometimes you have a really good group of players that are um, a, a good mature group that that's willing to drive the narrative forward. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes your your table's a little immature. I mean, I had an adventure league table where uh, the guy showed up, never met this guy before, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I want to make a, a fighter, and I want him to pray to the evil gods." And he just, you know, he kills things in the name of his evil god. And I was like, I, I thought when he sat down, I thought, "Oh, this is gonna be trouble." And then, you know, like the first scene was them interacting with a merchant that he then murdered, you know, so full on yeah. murder hobo in the first five minutes of an adventure league table. And I'm like, this was before I, I just, as a routine did, uh, session zero sure. <laughs> you know, type, type stuff where before like, you vet the crowd, <laughs> right. You know, and just make sure that all our expectations are the same, but you know, uh, Sometimes you just don't have the opportunity, you know, not everybody is uh, in a location where you get, you know, this kind of depth and breadth of player selection. And so, you know, you, you play with who you can. Uh, I, I feel like I've been pretty lucky in my, you know, player groups, especially recently. I've got a lot of really good players that, that I play with. Um, but, uh you know, it's not always that way. So, you know, sometimes telling, you know, if you feel like, okay, I can't tell these people that my character is a hardcore drug user because if I do, they will use that against, they will use that player knowledge as PC knowledge mm-hmm. against my character. Sure. Yeah. And, and I think that like, it, it, it's also like a little bit this way and usually it's not that deep, but like there is a little bit of, you want to make sure that you're not violating anybody's consent. And so that's a reason to not keep player to player secrets because like, I want to make sure that my little secret isn't going to uh, like make anybody at the table feel uncomfortable. Right. If like a drug use is a trigger for me and I have a secret drug addiction, that might be something that you want to tell the other players well, because that, that should also be addressed during session zero. Yeah. But like uh, if, so if, like, if, if you wanted it to be a secret, you know, like that's something that needs to come out because it, it, in certain sense, and I think that the DM has more ability to keep the secrets than players. I don't think that there should be a lot of secrets among players at the table. But, but again, that, that cuts both ways. And so, you know, and I, I, Caleb, to your defense, I'm not saying that you should release every secret that the uh, DM has. And I'm just being difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Devil's advocate. So, so what's your, what's your, what's your defense? Well, my thing is that people often want, you know, there's a certain kind of nuance to what you want for a character. And often at times that is surprises, you know, in a story, it's the twists and turns that make us, that make us, you know, that make them the most memorable. And I feel a lot of times twists and turns are, are implemented in everyone's backstory. Like at least every character I've had and every character that, and almost, almost every character that I've, that I've, that I've DM'd for have had so, at least one surprise in their backstory that I get to choose what happens with that. And you know, where that goes from there. And I mean, I mean, Candy's character right now in the Monday Night Campaign is an amnesiac. 
And so it's all surprises. <laughs> and so for me to, like, to be, for me to tell her her real name, you know, who her parents were, how she ended up where she was, you know, wait, her know old favorite are? color, all of her all of her children. Wait. Uh, <laughs> I have children. Her, th- her 32 spouses. Wait, like, you need to stop. You need, you need to actually stop. <laughs> like like would just ruin the magic for her. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I need to know. I think honestly, I think she would know if she had 32 spouses. One of them would find her. Would you? <laughs> well, not on this plane. I mean, I mean, that's the point, though. They're all actually pirates sailing the seas looking for you. Oh, oh. they're all on one ship. They they're just all don't on one know ship. Yes. Who they're looking for. Yeah. They're like, I'm looking for this girl. I'm looking for this girl. I guess we're all looking for a different yeah, girl. That's a girl that's... we're fighting for. <laughs> that's weird. Is that pirate ship named the SS Polly Amory? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's Polly. <laughs> I love it. Polly want a cracker. Anyways, uh, <laughs> something to think about. But like, I don't know. But there's also a certain point of like where where you're the guy on TikTok makes a point of where there's nothing worse than you give a big reveal and it's just underwhelming. Yeah, like yeah. there's nothing worse than that. Like yeah. where you go, oh, oh there, all this there, there is stuff worse than that. Oh, but yeah, I mean, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. No, you're absolutely one million percent correct. There is worse things than that. But it's just like, oh, well, so you know, so let me let me paint a picture. Let me paint a picture, and you tell me if, as a PC, you would want to know this beforehand. If you think that it would impact your play, knowing this beforehand. So I've been thinking about a, a campaign world where the big bad guy wants to destroy the world. Right. That's the, yes. that's, that's the right. Yeah. Oh no. But the reason being is that the big bad guy is actually good guy who has been trapped along with everybody else in this world into a kind of a banishment gem. So if you travel to the far edges of the world, you get there and it just looks like this clear wall that leads up to the sky. Because you are literally inside a gem or a snow globe kind of situation. Right. And he wants to destroy the world because he wants to escape and he wants everybody else to break out too. But as part of the spell, he's been cast in this role as the evil guy. So everybody's fighting against him to prevent anybody that knows the secret gets kind of magically transformed into appearing like a bad guy. And so the PCs are fighting against this guy and trying to stop. Would that be, you know, is the power of the reveal of that at the end of the story, is that worth it? Or do you think that as a player, you could separate that and still fight this quote unquote bad guy, but then, you know, also be working kind of tangentially towards everybody escaping the gym. Caleb. (laughs) In this, in this very peculiar and, and very specific world, it would, it would, I think it would behoove like role play to, for the characters to know the secret. Right. So you admit it. Aha! Ah! <laughs> Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Wait. Wait, oh, tick. <laughs> um. Hey guys, it's Candy here. And Caleb. And we just want to jump in and say please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review if you like the show. And on Spotify, don't forget to give us a follow and a download. And follow us on our social medias. Like Twitter at Surge underscore Action. And TikTok and Instagram at Action Surge Pod. 
um, leave us a comment or send us an email. Tell us what you guys want to hear next on the pod. And back to the podcast. Since, since we're struggling so hard to stay on the topic of DMing, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, let's go ahead and give our number one DM advice. If there's, if there's one thing you want to say to people right now that you want them to know about DMing, what is that you would say? Candy. Uh, I've never DM'd. I don't know. Yeah. What is your one DM advice? DMs be nice to your players. They just want to play. Let them use their abilities. Let them have fun. Give them all the magic stuff. Give them everything that they want because that's that's what I suggest the DMs do. Monty Halls are pretty fun. That's Monty what? Monty Hall. Oh, okay. So old school, <laughs> old school term is a Monty Hall. Um, it's from a game show from like when before all of you were born, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, no. <laughs> and you know what's behind door number three? It's okay. a brand new car. Oh, okay, it, it's a Monty Hall. So like every time you're opening a door, you get something new and fancy and shiny and awesome. It's a fun kind of campaign to run in. It's uh, you know typically this is back in the kick down the door, kill all the monsters, take all the loot kind of gaming. Sure. Um, but it's called Monty Halling at the time. Okay. Who was a game show host. Yeah. So. so just give your players what they want. And what they want is stuff. And <laughs> you guys, you, By the way, you guys should have seen the absolute blank stares I got when I said Monty Hall. <laughs> and now for all seven or whatever of our <laughs> listeners, just like, people are Googling Monty it's like, Hall. It's like, of all things you could have said, why that? <laughs> why the one no one but you knows, Greg? <laughs> Anyways, DMs, give your players stuff. Okay. It doesn't have to be meaningful. Just things. Well, That's I'm, all we I'm want. I'm excited to play in your campaign, Candy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh... So my follow-on to that is DMs. Take stuff away from your player characters. <laughs> Once you, you know, oh, God. just drive Kill their friends, drive, drive conflict, drive their um, families away. Yeah, lots of lots of uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth. And, yes. No, um, you know we've talked about this before in, in session zero. Just make sure you have a really good understanding of of what everybody wants to take away from the game, and then give you it know. to them in the most entertaining way possible. Um, everybody wants these kind of memorable conflicts and fights and camaraderie and you know I, I think back to all the games that i've played and you know we were talking before session and i was like you know the, there are only a couple of times that i remember dice rolls you know i just that's not that's not memorable yeah. what is memorable are the player interactions how how pcs interact you know when put in either really awesome situations, you know, how, how, how do you react when you are given the key to the city or you are named Knight Excelsior of the realm? How does the player react? How does that make them feel? But also, you know, <laughs> what do you do when you're <laughs> one of your player characters is, you know, yep, you can cast that spell, but Here's your pixie, right? <laughs> you know, it's just it's memorable, and so it, try to make try to make memorable content. Try to make things that yeah that, uh, and you can do that in a, in a plethora of different ways. You know, either through you know we've talked about accents. There's descriptive. You know, be be descriptive. 
whether you're a player character or a DM, be, be descriptive in what you do. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't rely on, okay, I rolled a 14. I hit, I do 14 damage. Cool. Yeah. That's not memorable. Yeah. And, and I think that like, it doesn't have to go all the way to the DM. Like the DM doesn't have to be the only one that describes how it happens. I feel like at first maybe you're intimidated and you think that maybe the DM is the only one to do descriptions, but I, it's up to the players can do it too. You know, the players can decide how they want to do things as well. And it doesn't have to go all the way, always be the DM. Absolutely. Especially, you know, if, if you know the outcome, you know, yes, I've succeeded. I've hit, I've done damage. Okay, cool. Describe that. You know? Yeah. You know, I rolled a 17. Do I hit? Yes, you hit. Cool. All right. I do 14 damage. What I'd like to do is, you know, I, I step in beside him and I, you know, draw my blade past him along the gap between his thigh armor and his waist. Oh, cool. You, you cut a good, he's bleeding. Yeah, he doesn't like yeah, that. He said, ouch. <laughs> what about you, Caleb? <clears throat> oh, I've got a million things I could say. Uh, like things you do as a DM. Uh, I guess my most important thing I could say as a DM is don't forget to laugh. Uh, as much as I want to say, there are a few other things. So I'm like, as a DM, you, can, you, you can should say a few other things. You should you be this. No, only one thing <laughs> <laughs> is that is that don't forget that you are having fun, and that even if you're in a serious campaign, guess what? Funny shit happens all the time. Don't be afraid to embrace the funniness mm -hmm. of even even the most horrific of moments of just like where someone splits up with a pixie and it's so <laughs> horrific you have to laugh. <laughs> Because it's just like, oh my god! <laughs> Did you just do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, my recollection is that there was laughter. I mean, it was nervous, disbelieving laughter, but it was laughter. Yeah. It was going around. Oh my god! Are we really doing this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like just like don't forget that you're there to have fun, just as much as your players are, and mm -hmm. there's no reason for you to suffer. And you know, give yourself the title of forever DM because you know you're supposed to like. Like it shouldn't really matter. You should be able to be. Ha you should if you're not having as much fun DMing as you are playing, maybe step away from that role or find out a way to make it better for you. Because don't waste your time. You know, have fun. Have absolutely have fun. one That's million percent. The... Have fun and have fun with people. It's it's a, it's an interactive storytelling game. Yeah. For a while there, my uh, my old play group, uh, we got to where there were like three of us that rotated as being game masters and we just all got super burnt out and so there were six of us playing and we just did a rotation of one shots every night every monday night somebody would do oh, no, a, different one a, a different one shot and it was that was fun for a couple of months incredible and then finally you know somebody was like you know ah, the the well's no longer dry i've got a great idea for a campaign and you know <laughs> I got it. <laughs> but some, but sometimes the creative wells do run dry. <clears throat> yeah. And you know, I, I talked about having you know uh, encounters in your, you know, filler encounters in your in your back pocket. That's you know, those for me are often what I will use when the creative juices run a little dry because sometimes it happens. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely happens. Um, I think it's perhaps time, Greg candy to uh to talk about um the thing that we've been dreading slash slightly excited to talk about which is toxic D D dm behavior go on 
Yeah, toxic DM behavior. There's definitely a power dynamic to Dungeons and Dragons, and it's it's an yeah. I mean, it's just it's part of the system. Yeah, and so you know the person that's quote unquote in charge is going to be the DM. They drive the story, and because of that, they're and you know for people who've been gaming for quite a while, they're going to be these. A lot of these things are going to be. Oh yeah, oh yeah, done. Yes, I've been there, seen that, done that. Yeah, you know, Mary Sue's I think are pretty toxic behavior. Um, railroading in a an aggressive way. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, if you're not in a game where it's just you know kick down the door, kill the thing, loot the bodies, move on. If if it's a sandbox, but you know you're like, well, we're we're going to go into the town. Well, you 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 bump into a force a wall of force. Yeah. You literally can't go that direction. Yeah. Why? There just is one. I don't know. It's weird. Oh, okay. GM Fiat. Cool. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. forcing or, us to go or, somewhere Or else. even anything in between with that, too. It, right. could, it could be that, oh, you can't go into the town right now because there's a dragon. Or, oh, which, I mean, actually, that's pretty cool. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but, but like, the players are like, we can't go in there because, because there's, there's a dragon? Or it's or like, we are going there because there's a dragon. Yeah, <laughs> or, or it's like, or it's like, uh, you could go do that thing, but you're being hunted, right? You know, and it's like, well, I guess we should deal with the hunter, yeah. Right now, or it's like, Instead well, there's this we world-ending thing over here that kind of needs to be addressed, and if you don't address it, the you world guys specifically, ends. then the world will end, or a lot of people will die. And you're like, shit, wow. and then you're responsible for genocide. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, you can't do what you wanted because, you know. Cool. I guess gnomes are gone. Let's go on to the town. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because all the gnomes. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I hear, uh, you know, like on TikTok, there's a lot of D&D stuff that I follow. And, and a lot of people talking about how, you know, your, your players have every right to contribute to the story as much as the DM wants, like, the story to go in a direction that they like, your players have every right to contribute to that. And if like you and your players don't want to go somewhere, they should be able to not go somewhere or they should be able to go where they want to go. And it's in it DMS that say, no, you guys have to go here or making it. So you can't have any other option is just a, not a fun game to play. Or, or even more so you see other than them not giving options is, Oh, okay. You do this. And, the, and then the DMS one, like one way to cope with the players doing something that they didn't, that they didn't play for is like to punish them. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a hard stick of, Oh, you did that. I don't like that outcome. Whack. Yeah. Player punishment. Assassins show up. Uh, you get your shit stolen. Um, your 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 mom's a hoe. I don't know. Someone comes and and cuts your elves the top of your elves' ears off, yeah. or Oof. someone pokes your character's eye out, or you yeah. know, mutilation of your character in some way as a punishment for yeah. a player choice that the it's not a wrong choice. It's just the DM didn't like it. Yeah. Right. So so what do you guys? think about dm punishments like is that something that you guys incorporate into your game or do you like think that that's entirely so i i think that this is this is murky water right because on one hand the game should have consequences real life consequences and and for actions and but like i think we've said this before in world in our world building episode where uh we talked about how not only is it just consequences you need to have reoccurring believable 
and on the level consequences. Consequences that are like, they, you did this, oh, it happened. Someone else did it, oh, it happened again. And they're just, it's just like, it's an, it's normal and it's uh, consistent. That's what it is. Right. It's the consistency of it. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I don't have a problem as a player with a dungeon master who is like laid out. This is the, this is the repercussion for your action. You right. know, Oh, you want to go and murder the, the, uh, shopkeeper and burn down a shop because he's not giving things to you at a 40% discount. You know, that's akin to theft. Yeah. If you, if you force <laughs> someone to, to give it to you at a loss, even if you're paying them a little bit, that's still theft. Yeah. And if you murder them because they're not doing that, that's also a not good act. There are consequences for these. Yeah. You can choose to do this. You know, the price is a hundred gold. You can make them sell it to you for 60 gold or kill them, but there will be consequences for either of those actions. Yeah. Do you want to pay the hundred gold, the 60 gold or kill them? You tell me, but I want to be clear. There are consequences. Yeah. yeah. And that the world will react. But yeah. there's a difference between a player decision leading to a a consequence versus a player choice leading to a punishment because of something that they dis, the, something that they decided to do that was against the DM's wishes. Right, and and I agree, and I think that you know, so here as as a not a forever DM, but as a off time DM. Mm -hmm. You know, an oft DM. I, an oft <laughs> DM. I think that it's there is definitely some of that can be mitigated with communication. If I don't communicate with you, if you just go in and you tell the, the shopkeeper, hey, I want that hundred gold piece item for sixty gold, give it to me or die. And the shopkeeper's like, I can't afford that. And then you stab him in the face, but never once do I say, dude, there are consequences for that. Yeah. Right. And then you leave. And then, you know, 40 town guards descend on you and just beat you to a pulp. Yeah. And throw you in the stockades yeah. and break all your magic items. You can feel like I just punished you for your choice. Yeah. You know? Sure. When, when I feel like I am reacting to the, to your actions. Yeah, certainly. So that's where, eh, this is, you know, theater. It's, it's murky it, water. Murky water. It's it's theater of the mind. It's a communicative and collaborative games. Yeah. And and that's why, you know, that's like a secret I wouldn't keep. Yeah. I you know, you have to be super explicit about this stuff and spell it out for, for players, especially new players. Yeah. Right? Because they don't necessarily know. It's a game world to them yeah. a lot. You know, it. It, it lacks the immersion immediately for new players, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's just like a video game. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. You go back to your last save. Yeah. When, right. when really D&D &D is a lot more living and breathing than you than you think. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, yeah. And honestly, for me as a player, I really like their existing consequences for my actions, honestly. I think it's fun to make a decision knowing that it might be the wrong decision and that it might catch up to me in the end. And I think that that's a fun, like little arc to go through. But like, I also like knowing that like, if I decide to fight these guards because they're doing something that my DM's not going to like 
mutilate me because of it. Right. Like that it's it's going to be like uh you're probably going to like have to pay a fine for doing that or something or like <laughs> you get a you speeding know, ticket, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it's like equal equal reaction that it's not going to be like, "Well, I don't know what to tell you. You insulted him, so he's going to chop your arm off." And I think it also kind of depends on the world that that you as a DM create, right? Yeah. You know, cuz honestly, in a world where there's you know, revivify and resurrection and uh, you just bring people back from the death from death. Um, the punishment for death is probably not going to be quite as severe as it is here. Yeah. You know, um, just to certain people. Sure. Right. And you know, uh, you, so the town guard come to find you and they're like 30 of them. And they're like, well, we're going to beat you to a pulp or, you're going to pay the thousand gold pieces in gem that it took us to revivify that, uh, that merchant yeah, and return all the goods and pay the money and a fine to the state. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it, it, you know, you, it's been a super inconvenience. It costs us money to have to yeah. get yeah. Kit it up and come out here and chase and you it down. It costs us money to fucking house you and give you food in jail. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, we're not going to house you in jail. I'm going to put you in a banishment cell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. We're just going to, you're just going to disappear for three months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there is reasonable consequences that your players can have for, um, you know, doing things in game. But I think that you have to understand that there is a limit that like, you can't, you can't first, you can't violate anybody's consent. You can't, right. you know, you need to make sure that like, if there's a punishment for a crime that they're aware about aware of the the punishment before they commit the crime. Right. That and that if you're gonna do it as a DM, if you're gonna do anything that seems even remotely drastic with someone's backstory, you need to maybe check in with the player that that's okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, like even if it's like just like there's certain things where it's like, oh well you couldn't have predicted this. Well it's like, yeah, but I'm still not okay with it. <laughs> that's right. not a, that's not a fun having because, my family held hostage is not a fun time for me. Because yeah. D is a collaborative story, you know, when I sit down and I have, you know, I've got this kind of backstory where I'm like, okay, you know, everybody but my sister has been murdered by orcs, and you know, I'm really a tragic character and and blah blah blah. And and this is my backstory. Um and I'm really protective of my sister, whom I love. Mm -hmm. You know, that's my backstory. If as a game master, you you look at that and you're like, oh, man, you know, it'd be really cool is if there weren't any orcs at all. But the sister went on a psychotic rampage and killed everybody in the family and blamed it on the orcs. Ha ha. <laughs> God, that would be a great story turn, possibly. But if the player character is, is sitting there... Uh, thinking that their storyline is such that they've got this sister that they love, that can be very jarring to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And because it's collaborative, rather than keeping that a secret for the big reveal, you break that to them, you know, going back to the secrets and reveals. Yeah. You say, hey, look, I was thinking this. How do you feel about that? Yeah. You know, it's a story beat. If you don't like it as a story beat, we won't use that. You know, we'll we'll keep with your story beat, and I don't have a problem with that. But I think that this is a pretty, I think it's spicy. I think it's an interesting spicy. It's yeah, spicy. It's it's about it's about notifying your players early, so they have a chance to make a decision. It's about making sure that 
that you're not taking away a person's ability to like have agency in that situation and say like, Hey, I don't want this done to me. Can you, can you as a person not do this to me as a person? Like, I don't want you to violate my trust like that. I think that's I, perfectly I created reasonable. this backstory and I put a lot of work into it and I'd really appreciate it if we just kept it the way that I, I wrote it. If you want to move forward with that, then I really don't want to be a part of this game, you know? I think that is incredibly well said. Okay, thanks, Andy. Yeah. So, All right, everybody. Just, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I think that's a I think that's a great point to leave on is you know just everybody remember that this is a collaborative game and let's respect each other's uh, boundaries and yeah. consent. All right. Great. All right. Awesome. <laughs> hey, great. Uh, thanks everybody for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode. All right. We'll see you. Right, Peace. Bye,